Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. The Vikings game just ended. What'd you think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Live. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Live. Thousands. He goes downfield and wide open is LeBron Treadwell for the touchdown. Everybody sucked up. Cousins went down. And 58 yards later, he's got Treadwell for the score. A deep booming one. Here's a fake. They fake it to Homer. And they've got the first down and more. Travis Homer. What a call. 29 yards on the fake punt. As Homer, the first string running back, Well, those were just two of the many plays that we could talk about for hours here, Judd Zolgad. This is Vikings Ventline on the all-new Score North and the Score North app. The numbers are 651-646-8255, and the phone lines are full right now. We've got Sam, Derek, Ben, Kevin. We're going to get right to your calls in just a second here. Thank you to all of you watching live as well on our Twitter, Facebook, and or Twitch streams. Uh, I'll say this is one of the most entertaining Vikings games of the Mike Zimmer era. That's an understatement, yes. Um, But I think uh, I I put this game in a similar category to the Los Angeles Rams game last year, which was earlier in the year. That was like a a late September, early October game where you go in, tough road environment against one of the best teams in the NFL at the time the Rams were last year. You go toe-to-toe. Kirk Cousins plays really well. Uh, his interception tonight was the first pick in over 200 throws of Vikings franchise record, and it hit Stefan Diggs in both hands. So I come away with this feeling that Kirk Cousins came in primetime Monday night, 0-7. He stepped up, and he brought the Vikings back, except for that final drive, but ultimately the Vikings defense is the thing that was a train wreck tonight and will likely be filleted by the most people on the on the phone lines. What? I believe the final stat I saw was 444 yards against Xavier Rhodes again. And it's only, and here's the problem, week after week after week, Phil, it's only a matter of time before quarterback decides exactly when and where he's going to pick on Rhodes. And week after week after week now, Rhodes melts down and throws up his hands or tries to look for where the safety help was. Yeah. And and I thought that there might be some schematic changes made during the bye week because this is definitely an area supposedly of expertise for for Mike Zimmer and it has been previously, but you know 
You're down 34-17 at one point. And you come back, and it's fun to watch. But this was a a missed opportunity in a game that you led at halftime, in a game that you let largely slip away, and the frustration of watching this defense again, right? Flail. Flail. Today, it was the run and the roads play. And so what once was definitely the calling card of this team and what once was definitely a strength has now become a problem. And yes, the one thing that you said that I agree 1,000% with was this does not come back on Cousins. Cousins played a nice game. This comes back on the fact that when the Vikings needed guys like Rhodes and their defense to get stops, they simply have proven yeah. they're incapable too many you know, times. This is going to sound crazy, though, because I know the Vikings just gave up 218 yards rushing. It's the second year in a row the Seahawks have run for 200 yards on the Vikings. They just pound it down their throats. Yep. And the defense, this is one of the worst defensive performances in the Mike Zimmer era in six years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually have all of the different 400-yard opponent games on a list here that we're going to get into later in the show. And so, but, But despite how bad the defense looked and despite losing this game, is it crazy for me to say that I actually feel okay about the Vikings' chances to go and beat teams in the playoffs? Like, they... They didn't. Yeah, they were down by seventeen at one point, but there was a couple crazy things that happened. And I do think, you think this defense can though? Now, do you think if you if you face elite quarterbacks, do you really think that this pass defense is in a position in a playoff game, especially on the road now? Because that's the problem. Do you have confidence that they can beat teams that way? Because I don't. I don't think it's a black or white thing. I think I don't think they're going to be favored. I think if they were to play this game in January in Seattle or in New Orleans. Obviously, the Saints or the Seahawks would be favored in those games. But the Vikings are going toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson in this game. Kirk Cousins went toe-to-toe with Russell Wilson in this game. And even though there's a lot to savage defensively here, namely Xavier Rhodes, who, nice job sort of redeeming yourself by punching that ball out and giving the Vikings an extra possession. But um, I, I don't come away from this game thinking all hope is lost. Oh, my God. Uh, they have no chance to win a game in January. I mean, they could still finish the season twelve and four, and they could still play a home playoff game. They need help now, and they can they need, win. They need the Packers to lose a game in addition to beating the Packers themselves. And they can win a playoff game. But do you think that this team is currently constructed defensively can go on the road and pull off a series of playoff wins? I don't feel that. If they, I think they could win a game. If they have to play three road playoff games to get to a Super Bowl, then it's going to be But that's why tonight was so key, right? It, it was, yeah. If yeah. you win tonight's game, you, you control your own destiny, basically. You, if you beat the Packers here, you win the division title. Now, now you're vying for home field throughout the playoffs, perhaps. You're vying for important games played in front of your crowd. It's just it's frustrating because this whole thing was supposed to be built originally around a defense that that in some ways it's not just fallen off now it's really fallen yeah. off. That's Judd Zolgad. I'm Phil Mackey. This is Vikings Ventline. We are in the TCL studios here. This is Score North. If you're listening on the Score North mobile app, we appreciate it. It's free to download. If you're watching us on one of our video streams on Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch, please follow us on all of our social media That's platforms, right. Instagram as well. Um, Judd and I are having great hair nights. Not going to lie here. Let's go right to the phone. Let's roll off some calls here. going to guess there's some frustrated Vikings fans. Sam, you're on the line. Hey, guys. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Um, you know, I think the frustrating thing is, is several fold. But number one, 
you know, there's like this na- there's this national narrative, right, that Kirk Cousins doesn't win on money in you know primetime games. He's zero and eight now in Monday Night Football. And as you were saying earlier, like this really isn't on him. Like, if anything, I think he was really impressive today. Um, guys were dropping passes. Diggs, the, the pick went off. Diggs, like to Diggs, like if you're going to be waving your arms around when you don't get the ball then you sure as hell better catch the ball when it's thrown your way and not have it be deflected for interception, which has now happened, I think, twice. I think the Eagles game happened, too. Um, the second point, you know, with the defense, I think the frustrating thing about Rhodes is because of his contract, because he's making, I don't know, $15, 16000000 million, whatever it is, per year, like, you can't bench him for games. Like, he, I know he went out for a little bit of this game, but it's not like you can just bench Xavier Rhodes and – had that go over well in the locker room, no matter how poorly he's playing. So it's something to kind of deal with week to week. Um, it was frustrating when he's like freaking out on the sidelines, you know, trying to blame others for not getting help when, um, you know, you just got burned. Like you just own up to it and, and go from there. Um, and, and the last point I would just say, you know, I've watched a few Monday night games this year and I'm really like unimpressed with um, like the broadcast crew. Like, Joe Tessitore treats uh, a 12-yard game like it's a Malcolm Butler pick in the Super Bowl, and Booger McFarland gets simple facts wrong and sticks to, like, the same talking point over and over. So, you know, it's frustrating, but all in all, like, you know, you're proud of the way they came back, but there are definitely some concerning things um, going forward. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Booger, thanks, Sam. First of all, I don't think it would go over poorly at all if Mike Zimmer said, Xavier Rhodes, you're taking a backseat here. You're coming off the bench. When Xavier Rhodes came back after blowing that coverage on that long pass, uh, that long touchdown that broke the game open, he was basically walking up to teammates trying to validate, well, I had safety help, right? No, Harrison Smith was on the line of scrimmage. He was not standing behind. You could see him in front of you on the line of scrimmage, and teammates were like, dude, I mean, you didn't have safety help. But if this was a one-time thing, all right, let's say this was the first time all year, you'd say, okay, that's too bad. It got goofed up. But this is a weekly thing. The the only question in tonight's game was, when was Russell Wilson going to go at 29? That was the only question. It was coming the entire night. You knew it. And Rhodes is, he's gimping around. He can't run, Phil. It's that simple. I don't know that, that he is specifically injured. Watch him try to run. He is hopping. And I think that's him now. And so, yeah, I... Uh, I think if Mike Zimmer said, you know, Xavier, you're going to play a little bit, but you're not going to play as much and you're not going to start, I don't think anybody in that secondary would say, oh, no, 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 he has to play. He's terrible, okay? Let's just, let's just, let's not even, he's, he is now the most penalized defensive player in the NFL. He has 10 penalties tied for the most of any player in the NFL. He gets burned once or twice a game, and we've gone from, naming an island after him. We used to have Rivas Island, and now it's Rhodes Closed, right? Rhodes Island, Rhodes Closed. And now every quarterback in the NFL, not just Russell Wilson, but like all these scrappy dudes with the last name Allen, like that yeah. Broncos quarterback. Yeah, who's been benched. Who's been benched. Like that guy went into the game a couple weeks ago and said, I'm picking on Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. Case that's Keenum that's, that's where thing. we are with this thing. Yes, Case Keenum picked so I don't on think for anybody, He's terrible. I don't think anybody with this team in their right mind, if the Vikings decided tomorrow dude, you're not going to play much, would say, that's terrible. That's awful. He is. This is the sad truth of what happens when a cornerback goes off the cliff. This is it. We're seeing it. And he's one of... by the way, he's not coming back. It's not coming back. In his three- or four-year run, he's one of the best Vikings cornerbacks in the history of the franchise for three or four years. 
But right now, he's one of the worst defensive players in the NFL. He's just a liability, and he's a big part of the reason why the Vikings gave up 400-plus yards of offense. Now, the thing that shredded them the most, though, was this is now, I just pulled this up on Pro Football Reference, uh, with 218 rushing yards allowed uh, on 43 carries. This is now just the fourth time in Mike Zimmer's career as coach of the Vikings, going back to 2014, that they've given up 200-plus yards rushing. It was the second-highest Rush yard total allowed in Mike Zimmer's history as head coach. The only time a team ran for more, 2015 San Francisco Giants in week one. Oh, yeah. Was that the Carlos Hyde game? Yes. In 2015? Yes, it was. They ran for 230 yards in that game. Gashed at every single corner here by the Seahawks tonight. It's Mackie and Judd edition of Vikings Vet Line. Let's go to uh, Derek. You're on the phone. What's up, Derek? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Fire away. All right, uh, I'm just waiting for that another mutiny to happen because uh, if, it, if it doesn't happen again this time, I mean, it should. Because okay, we're not going to win a Super Bowl under Zim. If Zim doesn't even know the identity of our offense. I believe Dalvin Cook is good. Alexander Madison is good. But don't let all those screen passes fool you. We're more successful when we pass the ball. I believe we are. And for Xavier Rhodes, <laughs> it's funny because why does Zim uh, has he been blackmailed by uh, Xavier Rose? Because what is it going to take for for Zim to can this guy? But anyways, that's all I have. Derek, thank you for the phone call. I'd man. say that's coming after uh, this year, right? This season, Th- yeah. this has to be it. You yeah. can't bring him back. Xavier Rhodes, it'll cost. It's four point eight million dollars in dead cap money next year. Yep. Uh, it's $12.9 million cap hit if they keep him for next year. So they can save, if my math is right here, they can save $8 million to the cap next year if they just say goodbye to Xavier Rhodes. The, ten- the, temptation, to 4.8, the but, temptation to play him has to be gone. Yeah, I mean, I get why this year you're just like, you're kind of pot committed with the defenders. Now, now, there were two series after that botched coverage. Because he melted down. Where he, yeah, he threw his helmet on the sidelines and he was not out there. Mm-hmm. And um, then he came back and he made a big defensive play, but it doesn't make up... Like, making that big defensive play is great, but it doesn't make up for how bad you've been in coverage for a long time, uh, this season anyways. Ben in Florida, you're next on Vikings Vent Line. So, hey guys, so I just want to take you back off that last caller. I don't think he's being black. The Xavier Rhodes has something on Mike Zimmer where he's out there on the field all the time. But I will say this, though. I would not be surprised if the front office staff brings Mike Zimmer into a room and shows them tape of Xavier Rhodes, and they tell Mike Zimmer, your committee, defensive malpractice, <laughs> this guy out here on the field. I would not be surprised if the front office people tell him that because they see the same thing we're seeing. It's defensive malpractice right now. That's what it is. And I cannot believe I'm saying that about a defensive-minded head coach. But that's exactly what Mike Zimmer is doing with this defense right now. And you know what? It's a quick fix. Just don't put him out there. Put Mike Hughes out there. Put... I don't know, Holton Hill out there. They they can play. They're not terrible players. But putting Xavier Rhodes out there is defensive malpractice. And it literally, in my view, costs you at least two games this year. So, you know, it's too bad because I thought Kirk Cousins played well enough for this team to win this, to win this game. Yeah. That's uh, Ben in Florida bringing the heat. They scored 30 points. Call. They could have won. Yeah, offensively, um, they moved the ball. In fact, they were averaging at one point like six yards a play. Here's, yeah, I mean, the Vikings ran, 
38. Zim's not going to be pleased. 38 passes, only uh, 14 runs. This is insane. The Vikings offense averaged just under seven yards per play in this game. Mm -hmm. Just under seven yards per play. And the Seahawks actually ran 24 more plays than the Vikings did in this one. Um, It's just the the Seahawks just grinded the Vikings down. And the the fake punt was a devastating one, too. Let's go to... uh, Kevin, you're on Vikings Vent Line, Kevin. Hey, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I want to start by saying that dude's nuts. What is he talking about? Wide receivers? We don't have any. With Thielen out, Diggs is double covered. We don't have anybody behind that. Who's, who's, who are we going to throw to? There's nobody there. I want to start by also by saying that I'm not disappointed by this game. This game went how I thought it would. I never saw the Vikings going into Seattle and winning this game. It was physical. Both teams had injuries. They both were just hammering each other. Some of the hits were just unbelievable. Judd, I want to say I got to give Zimmer some credit here. You like to hammer on him for his timeout usage, but the way they handled the end of the first half. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. He did a great job there. They got the, the field goal there. You're right. I thought that was wonderful. I'd also like to say their O-line has got to get better. I know they are beat up, but they look like they were manhandled. Anytime that Seattle sent the blitz, we were overmatched. Mm -hmm. And then I got a few things I want to say about Xavier. 90% of the passes thrown against him are completed. What a stupid penalty he had by throwing the guy out of bounds. Come on, use your head. Even his token injury, it's Always, the guy has a token injury. He's got to go off the field. Oh, I'm hurt again. Yeah, it looked bad, but he's always in the medical tent. And then he can't even talk to his – he can't communicate with Harrison Smith, who is the best safety in the league. And then he wants to go over on the bench and look at him and say, hey, we got to do better. No, you got to do better, Xavier. Your road is closed. Thank you, gentlemen, and have a good day. Boy, Kevin. By the way, that's we're gonna make Kevin Dang. there. Kevin with nice. uh, with the call of the game there. Brought to you by Popped Corn in Minnetonka. Find Popped Corn on the Upper Concourse, Section three twenty five at every home game. Fresh popped corn available in six customer favorite flavors. And uh, we also have a popped corn player of the game. It's not Xavier Rhodes. I'm actually gonna give it to Laquan Treadwell for his fifty eight oh, cousins. Come on, fifty eight yard touchdown reception. Yeah. Mega Quan is back, I baby. They threw to him on third down, and I thought they got a little bit greedy there. Actually, uh, was it uh, was it Dave in South Carolina that called Dave. in on Ventline this morning and predicted yes. prophetically that Laquan Treble would have a big play tonight? Dave. Yeah, guys. How you doing? Were you the one that called earlier today and predicted Laquan Treble's huge moment? You did, didn't you? I, I sure did. Nice sure work. Did. But listen, guys. Here's what I want to call about. I want to get it. I want to try to get ahead of this. And Judd knows I've been calling about this. But there's, anybody that calls about the offense tonight, uh, as far as I'm concerned, can just keep their mouth shut. And I'm upset right now. The defense, the coaching. We had two weeks to prepare on a bye. A special teams coach is prepared does not allow that, right? We, uh, Judd, you were talking about Wisconsin Minnesota game. Yep. Same same thing. They possessed the ball for 40 minutes. Uh, you know, Phil, you were talking about it, 218 yards rushing. Um, and, it, and it was continuous. They ran six offensive linemen over 20 plays. We did nothing defensively, did we not? 
We talked about pressure up the middle. We talked about bringing some extra blitzes. And you know why you can't do it is because you can't cover in the back end. And I'm not going to throw all this on Xavier. I don't think Mike Hughes played that well either. I do think that it is scheme-related. You're exactly right, guys. Uh, he is certain guy he doesn't like. He doesn't play. Uh, J. Ron Curse being one of them. I don't understand why. And how can you go for two weeks and come out with that kind of scheme? Uh, I, I just – I can't believe how unprepared they were. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I just – I cannot believe they allowed them to do – exactly the one thing that they wanted to do yeah. and control the entire game. Well, so here here's my re- response to that and thank you yeah. thank you for two things. Thank you for your prophecy this morning on Ventline, Dave. Thank you. Uh, Laquan yeah. Treble 58 yards to the house. Uh but let me let me let me zoom out here because like Dave just went through a list of I can't believe this, I can't believe that, I can't believe this. Let's just focus on this game for a second. The Seattle Seahawks are one of the best teams in the NFL. Russell Wilson's a Hall of Fame quarterback having maybe the best year of his career. This is a dialed-in, great team at home. So beating them at Seattle was going to be a tall task. It just was. Mm -hmm. I get that it stings. You had your chances. Your defense was putrid. You'd like the defense to be better. But it shouldn't be shocking that you win and you got beat by the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Okay, The real crime this season for the Vikings, now that we've seen three quarters of the schedule play out as you're trying to find angles to get a home playoff game. You're trying to find, you know, what's the path to win the division here? What's the path to tiebreakers to a first round bye? right? All these different things. It's not the C you're not going to look back and say, man, that loss at Seattle, that was the one it's the Chicago loss. The Chicago loss puts you in a spot to make this loss sting more because when you lay out the schedule and you rank All right, rank the losses that are the most excusable on this schedule, knowing what we know right now. And Seattle is the single most excusable loss on your schedule. It's the toughest place to play. It's the best quarterback on the schedule. Um, I would say Kansas City with Matt Moore at the helm is not very excusable. And I would say now that we know who Chicago really is and who Mitch Trubisky really is, losing at Chicago is, uh, I have a a huge, huge problem with that, especially reflecting on the schedule. And like a loss like that, magnifies a loss like tonight and almost puts a loss like tonight in an unfair spot. Right, but the like tru- you're probably supposed to lose this game tonight. Yeah, but the truth is and and when they didn't win in KC, we blamed Cousins and tonight we are definitely not. But the truth is as a team, they have one really good win. Dallas. Go beat Kansas City as a team. Tonight, you're up by 7 at the half. I'll, I'll give you the simple to me turning points in the third quarter of tonight's game, and it's inexcusable. As mentioned, Rhodes's personal foul, 15-yard penalty for tossing Carson for no reason whatsoever on what was a one-yard loss that would have put the ball at the Vikings 45 and gives Seattle a first down at the 30. Okay? That's inexcusable. That is stupid. You get beat on a touchdown. And yes, you're not good now, and that's tough to watch, and and it's a continuing uh, saga that we see each week. But there is no reason for Rhodes, Trey Waynes, I don't care who, to take a guy who's out of bounds and toss him down. That's stupid. Turning point two, Dalvin Cook. Fumble. Absolutely crucial. Absolutely kills you. All right? Mm -hmm. So, But my problem is, if you look at the schedule 
for the most part, the Vikings, and good for them, have beaten teams that they should beat. But if you're going to be a special team, a Super Bowl team, we got to find at least a couple games where you say, that was a tough win and you got it. And right now, the only one that I can see is Dallas. So, yeah, you're right. Win in Chicago. But win in Kansas City. Week two, win in Green Bay. If we could go through here right now and say, well, you know what? Tough loss tonight. But they they won in week two, coming back from 21 nothing down in Green Bay. And they went to KC. And Matt Moore played instead. And they won there. So then that's three wins that you say, those are really good, good wins. And the Seattle loss hurts, but it's not devastating. At some point in time, if you are a Super Bowl really, really special team, you win, I think, at least two to three games where we say, wow. And right now, you barely got one. Dallas is a nice win, but Dallas is is not a great team. But you didn't win in Green Bay, opportunity lost there. You didn't win in KC, opportunity lost there. You didn't win tonight, opportunity, you're up again by seven at halftime. And so my frustration is, boys, if you're going to be a really good team, you need two of those. And you got none of them. Well, you're not counting the Dallas win for anything. Okay. I, the, I'll give you Dallas. To, but, that's a good win. But that's one. I'm saying you need three. So I shouldn't have said you've got none. But you need two more. And you don't have them. I think Green Bay at home on the 23rd is another That'd be a nice interesting win. gateway test. But go on the that's road. That's about the only one left on your on, But go game. on the road and beat and win in Lambeau. Go on the road and win in Arrowhead. Go on the road and win yeah. in Century League. Yeah. And you don't and you don't have any of those. I think and I think to what you're saying if if you win that game against Matt Moore in Kansas City or you beat Chicago, uh, what uh, what we now know is a really mediocre Chicago team. Yes. You can live with this loss Correct. more. And, Correct. and that's where I agree with you. Because you're going to lose some of these games. The problem is, aside from Dallas, they've lost all of these games. Yeah. Let's go to the vent lines again here. Carl, you're on with Phil Mackey and Judd Zilgett. It's Vikings vent line here on Score North. Hey, Mackey and Judd. Um, I feel like I need to call a support line. Hey, well, That's what we're Carl. here for, man. That's us. I'm a Vikings fan. You know, I, Hi, Carl. A couple things listening to what you guys have talked about and the callers, but... I feel like I'm more upset now about 2017 and losing to the Eagles, <laughs> what they had that season after watching the last two seasons. And, Judd, <clears throat> your losses that you called out, I mean, Chicago, Green Bay, Chiefs. Chicago, Chase Daniels. Green Bay, a first quarter of misery against the defense of the Vikings. And... Um, a backup quarterback in Kansas City. You know, Mike Zimmer, he's lost it. I, I, I've, I've been trying all season to say, he'll turn it around, he'll turn it around. We have a bye week, awesome, he's going to fix stuff. He didn't fix anything. He didn't. I okay, here, here's, here's my question. Carl, thank you for the phone call. Has Mike Zimmer, quote-unquote, lost it? I don't know about that. Or are we looking at, Aging personnel, you got some injuries here, Harrison Smith. I mean, Harrison Smith's not the same player he was two years ago, whether you want to blame it on the hamstring or he's playing hurt tonight. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, not the same player he was two or three well, years ago. I, I guess Harrison Griffin's better this year than he was last year, but I guess my question on Rhodes is why does he still play so much? 
when it's apparent to you, me, and my dog that he can't play. Right, it. but like so, in, in so, the- so I think to say that Mike has lost it is a blanket statement that's probably too way too wide. Yes, but I do think it's very fair to wonder how on earth this guy who clearly is struggling to keep up with with not even great players, but just let's say good players continues to play. I but, think that's a fair question. Right, it's but sure, but it's not but this is the problem, okay? And by the way, you're listening to AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul Minneapolis and uh, it's Score North, the all new Score North and the Score North app. But like to that point, okay? Yes, Xavier Rhodes should probably be benched. He just should be. He's not good at football anymore. He commits penalties all the time. Uh he's slamming his helmet and it's just I, I get that he's mad and he's having trouble coping with reality here too. Mm-hmm. But 2 3 years ago when Xavier Rhodes was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, Mike Zimmer was a lot smarter because he had Xavier Rhodes as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. That's how it works. If you know uh, Eric Spolstra was one of the best coaches in the NBA when he had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh all sure. in their primes, right? Sure. So even if you bench Xavier Rhodes right now, you're not replacing Xavier Rhodes with the version that existed three years ago. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, anyone who said, well, Mike Zimmer's lost it. The guy's a moron now. Well, no, he, didn't, he's not a moron. he didn't fix anything during the bye week. What if, based on their personnel, there's just not any more strings you can pull to put the defense back in the top three or top five position? Well, you probably can't. Now we're talking about a personnel issue. But give yourself a chance. You'll get old. And Rhodes doesn't. And he continues to play too much. And that's what I don't get. But if you can't say he's lost it. I, I don't think he's dumb now. But I do, I, I firmly believe that he is loyal to a fault, for sure. Mike Hughes is far from perfect, all right? But I would rather take my chance. And Dallas Dallas targeted Mike Hughes 17 times, Phil. So we're talking about a guy who's definitely deemed to be susceptible by opponents. But I would rather take my chances with Holton Hill and Mike Hughes. And you can play Rhodes, but he's, he's being used and played consistently like it's 2016. And that confuses me. But just to say he's lost it, he stinks. No, that's not true. But there's definite decisions that I don't get, and I do think it goes to the fact that he is, to his players, especially uh, the ones that Zimmer loves the most, is probably too fiercely loyal to them. Let's go to uh, our guy Chansey in Fargo. Chansey, you are on Vikings Vent Line. Fire away. Hey, Yes, thank you, guys. Gosh, good callers tonight. Lots of good points. You guys have the uh, most educated fan base in radio, and I would nail that for, for uh, sure. So Thanks, Chancy. Uh, yeah. Hey, I want to kind of disagree with you, Phil, with what you just said. So the caller before kind of stole my thunder about Mike Zimmer, right? And, and here's my thinking. If, if the reason that he's no longer, like you said, elite is because he just doesn't have the talent, then was he ever elite to start with? Maybe he just had the talent. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You can't say, well, now he doesn't have the players, so he hasn't done anything different. He hasn't lost anything. Well, maybe he just had the players before. And, you know, it frustrates me. Like, if you watch that game, even the few times, and that was few, that they were able to make Seattle punt, they stopped them a half a yard short. I mean, we weren't talking third and 13s, fourth and 13s. We were talking, oh, man, we just scratched a guy down by an eyelash a yard short. It, it, it's... The defense has gotten weak. They still have some elite players. Nobody can argue it. I mean, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, Kendricks, everybody knows they're good. It, look around the NFL. Who is stacked at 11 positions across the defense? But they don't have the same D. And like the other caller said, they were coming off a bye week with two weeks to prepare. And I know the offense gave up some turnovers, but that's 34 points. 
I mean, I wanted to talk about the schedule, too. You guys were talking about it. This is how I felt about the Vikings forever. They're almost like a college team at this point in the fact that I think they can beat anybody anywhere at U.S. Bank Stadium. I guess not anywhere at U.S. Bank Stadium. They can lose to anybody on the road, which makes their seasons so stressful because you're starting every year going, we need 14-2, and and we can't have these slip-ups. Because we aren't going anywhere to win on the road. Yeah. And it just makes it such a pressure grinder of a season. I, I, if they ever get home field advantage again, I feel they're going to the Super Bowl. But it, it just doesn't happen because you can't rely on them to get through a season without a slip-up. And, you know, I don't know how you get there. So Also, anyway, worth, have yeah. a great night. Chancey, thank you for the phone call. You always bring uh, good points. Here's the crazy thing about the NFC, though. I think it's, I think it's pretty likely... Like 50-50, I don't know what the odds would be. It's pretty likely they go 12-4. and four. I think they win their next four games. I think they beat Detroit. I think they win at the Chargers. That game got flexed out of primetime. I think they beat the Packers, and I think they beat the Bears at home to finish their season 12-4. and four. Sure. And even with that, mm-hmm. they might be they might be the sixth seed, right? Well, like the yeah, fifth seed. the playoffs system is ridiculous. Crazy. Exactly. So they're going to go. They might. It's possible yes. they run the table at home and go 4-4 four and four on the road if that happens. And just based on how top heavy the NFC is, they get screwed, and they're just—it's sort of bad luck if you go twelve and four and get like the fifth but a, seed. But again, if you had won to, uh, to your point about Chicago, if you had won at Chicago and Kansas City, then you're fine. That's why you need to have a few of these wins that that we consider, or a few more that we consider to be wow wins. Yeah, I so you don't have the wow wins except for the one, and that's that's borderline to me. Here's another take for you on on Kirk Cousins. All right. Just like forget about the defense for a second, because a big part of the equation of can they win a Super Bowl is Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. And his last three games, well, his last eight games have been mostly incredible, but his last three games specifically, he went he went on the road, Dallas, and played a huge role in winning that game in the second half. He brought the Vikings back from twenty points down against a top six seven defense against Denver. And and he almost brought the Vikings back down 17 points, had a chance to, down 17 points against Seattle tonight on the road. I actually, I feel really good about Kirk Cousins still. I don't feel like tonight, even though, you know, I could sit here and say, well, he had a chance, he had the ball with three and a half minutes to go, and that drive was a clunker right. after the Kyle Rudolph reception. But for the most part, Kirk just kept coming back and throwing punches tonight. And he deserves credit for but, that. But so these, one the, he's a key component here, and I feel good about him. But these last two games, I don't feel good about this team. You went down twenty to nothing to a young quarterback who's been benched, who I don't think is good. Right? That's a problem. Now, now Kirk came back, and you came back, and wow, that was fun to watch. And the second half of the Denver game was great. But if you take that first half in U.S. Bank Stadium, Phil, that should never happen to you. You're supposed to be a good team. Denver's a Denver's not good. Denver has a good defense, right? But they're not a good team. And and in Denver, perhaps something goes wrong there. But you were playing here. And then tonight, you're up by seven at halftime. And again, you can take control. And this is not, this has nothing to do with a blame Kirk show. This is not blaming Kirk. This is blaming the team and, in particular, the defense. And it's very concerning, is not the right word. It is too bad that it appears what the overall game plan was in March 2018 when Cousins was signed here has gone completely awry now. Because this was supposed to be, wow, we've got this defense and the offense is good enough to help us. Well, now it's turning to Kirk and the offense and being like, can you help us now? Because the defense the defense has has fallen off in some key areas so quickly. And I don't see an 
I, I agree. If you go through the last four games now, I think that, that the Vikings should go 4-0 and for the rest of this month, and they're going to make the playoffs. But that being said, in my head now, I can't get around a plan that would say, okay, they're in the playoffs. They can win two games, three games. But would you agree that Kirk Cousins, in the second year of his three-year contract, has, has, has been everything that you wanted from him? Absolutely. The second year. Since the Chicago game, since October, what, 6th? Against the Giants in Jersey. Yep. Kirk Cousins has given you from that contract everything save for probably the KC game, but that's one bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, but save for that game. Kirk Cousins has been outstanding. Kirk Cousins, if you had told me in March of 2018, hey, he's going he's gonna to get off to a bad start in 2019, and then he's going to rally and play really well, and you had given me not just these stats, but also the feeling of how he played, I'd say... NFC North champion with a legitimate Super Bowl chance. Because mm-hmm. I would have said the defense is going to be great, right? Yeah, and they they can still win the division. They have to they have to essentially win out to give them, unless you think the Packers are going to lose a bunch of games down the stretch, right? Uh, the, to give the realistic path to winning your division, which is also the realistic path to getting to a Super Bowl, so that you at least have one home game, right? Like you can you can probably live with one road game in the playoffs and feel okay. If you have to play multiple road games, that's where you and I are in agreement. But the Packers, so you got you got to win your next four to give yourself a great chance, mm-hmm. and then you need the Packers to lose one of their other three games, which is home against Washington. Yeah, good luck with that. Home against Chicago. Yeah. They play close games. Chicago's got a decent defense. Yep. And then at Detroit, the last week of the year, which is go- going to be the platform to get Matt Patricia fired, probably. So, like the the most likely of those to slip up is Chicago, but it's if it was at Chicago, I'd feel. But aren't you frustrated by by this by the fact that you didn't win Week Two, that you didn't win yeah, Kansas City, that, that's that, the, that you didn't get tonight, for instance. I'm like I'm or Chicago, as you point out, which is yeah, ultimately very true. I'm very at peace with tonight, like, and this is where I've kind of like now that I've so now that I watched that game play out, I'm actually more at peace with tonight and more mad about the Chicago game. Because the, like it's like last year, the Buffalo game. It wasn't the Rams. It was the Buffalo game. Yeah. What the hell are you doing in the Buffalo game? What the hell are you doing in that Chicago but I'm game? Not, but I'm not at peace with the beginning of the third quarter tonight with the fumble and in particular the Rhodes 15-yard personal foul, which was ultimately just stupid. It was just stupid. Classic, though. Just and then... He can't help himself. I, I saw a... Post game, Chris Thomas of the Pioneer Press just tweeted that Xavier Rhodes had no comment after the game, simply saying, I'm out the door. Thanks, dude. Thanks for that stand up act. And, and, and I think, uh, I'm going to assume that meant I'm out the door like I tonight. I think he meant of the stadium. Who knows? Okay. I mean, he yeah, like, he should be sort of out the door of the organization, but that's not going to happen right now, I don't think. It's Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan's running the board and taking your phone calls on the other side of the glass. These are the TCL studios, and this is Vikings Ventline on Score North. We've had full phone lines the whole show so far. Uh, so as soon as someone makes their point and jumps off, the numbers are 651-646-8255. And you can also find us in video form and uh, and spy on us that way on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. All of those are at Score North. We also have an Instagram account, at Score North. That's S-K-O-R North. Let's see here. Who's been holding the longest here? Eric in Bismarck. You are on the show. Go ahead, Eric. Hey, thanks so much for taking my call, guys. Um, it's, it's such great radio right now. It's hard for me. Like when I got on this call, when I, when I got on hold, I was siding with Mackie 
and then or, or with Phil, and then I, I start siding with Mackie, and it's just weird. So you tonight this? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I mean, this loss doesn't bother me that much because we had fight. We came back. We we showed some signs of, you know, some gumption, but. I, I think Mackie's right in the fact that when the heck are we going to get a good win? When the heck are we going to get a statement win? Um, I just, I just, moral victories are are BS, right? I mean, they're, they they don't mean anything. But tonight we showed some gumption. We we came back on the road against a tough team that we weren't supposed to beat. I don't know. You two are just like. On point tonight because I don't know who to <laughs> I don't know who to agree with tonight. I mean, it's like is is tonight acceptable because we weren't supposed to win, or is tonight unacceptable, like Mackie says, because this is the kind of win we should get if we're truly a playoff contender. Eric, thank you for the phone call, man. Thank you so much, and thank you for pointing out all the great points. That I've been making throughout the I show. I didn't think I was going to have to open my third bottle of pop, but hold on. No, leave the mic on. Oh, I, okay. I didn't want to spray it. But I just, <laughs> I, I need a, I need Sounds a, refreshing. I need a stiff drink is what I need right now. <laughs> but I will say, Who's Phil, got a Phil, great points. Mackie, I don't really agree with you. I don't know. Thought, uh, thought Phil and Mackie brought some great points to the show. Let's go to Atlanta. Jeremy in Atlanta, you're on the show. <sighs> Hey, guys, first-time caller. Love the show, man. Was watching the game and was just looking for somewhere to vent. (laughs) Well, you found the place, my (laughs) man. You found the place. (laughs) So, first off, I want to say this. I agree with both of you in this sense. Now, when when the schedule came out this summer, you look at at Seattle Monday night. I'm saying, okay, we're going to lose that one, right? But I also agree with – forgive me if I mix the names up. Maybe Phil said this, but we don't have a quality win. Okay, if you want to say six and six Dallas is a quality win, they're playing in the worst division in football. Two rookie quarterbacks in the Philadelphia Eagles showed us this weekend they don't know who they are. So I don't think we have a quality win. I think we can say Dallas is a win, but I, I can't call it quality. And I think with Alexander Madison, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. If, if Dalvin Cook misses some time, I don't think we fall off of Madison. He's a downhill no BS type of runner. So I think we're going to be okay with Madison running the ball. But the biggest question that I had for tonight was the play call when the potential game-winning drive is third and three. We have three timeouts, maybe three minutes left on the clock. Why not run the ball there? It's, it's four-down territory. Run the ball. I'm thinking, you know, run the ball, get the first down, and we can keep the, keep the drive going. But we throw it twice, and, you know, we all seen what happened. But – I'm not. Up, I'm upset with with Xavier Rhodes. I think he needs to go. I hope when he said I'm out of the door, I'm hoping he's he's getting on the bus and going somewhere. I, I hope he don't come back. But I think our defense played well. And I'll say this because Seahawks scored 34 points. We turned the ball over twice, right in their territory. The, the pick by Kirk Cousins and I think Dalvin Cook fumbled. So you take those two scores away and you take the blown coverage from Xavier Rhodes, and that's 21 points. So I think defensively, we played okay. We just we need a quality win, man. If, if we're going to be a Super Bowl contender, we need a quality win. That's all I got for tonight, guys. Jeremy, thank you, and uh, don't be bashful. Call back again sometime, all right? All right, we'll do. Right on, man.
Great call. Let's keep going down the line here. Cole from Austin, Texas. What's up, Cole? Hey, guys. Uh, first time uh, caller, long time listening. we got a few points to make. Um, Judd, I've had enough good things for both of us. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Cole on hold. Cole, we'll get back to you. Your, your phone was a little muffled there. So uh, straighten that out, and we will get back to you in just a second. Let's go to David in Minneapolis. You're on Vikings Ventline on Score North. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, I was just going to say that um, I'm wondering going forward what kind of uh, player Stefan Diggs is going to be because at the beginning of the season, trying to throw his teammates under the bus and then just kind of saying, I want out of here. And then he has this phenomenal, you know, three or four games in a row. And then now he's just kind of like been off. Um, I This year he's dropped so many passes compared to like, I, in previous years, I thought the guy was the most sure-handed receiver that they had ever, you know, had since like Chris Carter. And then, but he's like just so inconsistent this year. And I don't know what kind of receiver he's going to be going forward. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, Dan Bailey's got to be the luckiest guy in the world to still have a job. Um, every time he messes up majorly, the Vikings somehow either have a miraculous win or an amazing choke job. So he's somehow <laughs> not part of the overall equation, but he, he should not still be kicking for him. Uh, uh, thanks call. For the call. I actually thought, you know what, the way it was working out, I actually thought him missing the extra point was going to lead to the Vikings because they had to, they had to hunt for a touchdown. very about it, yeah. It's all strategy, yeah. baby. Dig. Down by four instead of three, score a touchdown. To be clear, when Diggs was mad after the Bears game, I do not believe he threw anyone on his team, as far as teammates go, un- under the bus. He was frustrated by what the Vikings were doing from a strategy standpoint, okay? So, like, the whole thing with he hates Cousins was not true. I actually give him credit because he saw that that what they were doing in that game didn't make sense, and it didn't. It's not like he went after somebody. So, I, I think there's this misnomer that Stefan Diggs went rogue and yeah. like attacked uh, attacked Kirk or something. He didn't. He basically said, what are you guys doing? It made some sense. Yeah. Now, drop passes? Caller's right. He is now... Kirk's last two picks have been Diggs either um, off his face mask, I believe, against Philadelphia or off his helmet. Mm-hmm. And then today, he basically had that ball and tipped it a couple times and it got picked. Uh, but just to be clear, he did not. It was this was not Stefan against teammates. It was Stefan asking the coaching staff what they were doing, and he wasn't incorrect. You know, one thing. So we've been we've been rocking here for almost an hour, like forty five minutes, fifty minutes, and just because of all the things that played out in that game, we haven't even touched on one of the craziest plays in my life watching football. Russell Wilson throws a pass; it gets batted back to him. He jumps up in the air, tries to bat it down, but he's too short. <laughs> That's the problem. Short people that's, why dro- that's why he dropped to the third round, because he's a little guy. He is. His, uh, his height almost cost the Seattle Seahawks a game tonight. And so he tries to bat it down, but he's too short. And he, he's he like, volleyballs it. He, he tries to touch the rim, but he only touched the bottom of the net. Yep. And so the ball sort of flicks up in the air, and Anthony Harris grabs it for a pick six. Yep. And you thought that might be the difference in the game. So did Booger. Yeah. Talked about oh all of the God. things that have gone wrong for this franchise. This is Booger. Well, these are the type of plays that historically have gone against the Vikings. The Minneapolis Miracle. Plays that are fluke plays that went against this team. I'm sure Vikings fans are saying it's about time we get one of these plays to go our way. His premise was right. And that almost every play that's fluky goes against the Vikings. And he literally could have named any other play in Vikings history. 
except the Minneapolis miracle. That's the one time in Vikings history where a fluke play went their way. By its very definition, too, it alludes to the fact that it went for the people who live in Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, He came out and apologized early in the he didn't, second half. It, it was half. fine. It was worth a laugh. I'm not, the apology wasn't necessary at that point. Just, I would just agree. <laughs> exactly. Just let it lie. Randy in Cottage Grove. Welcome to Vikings Ventline, Randy. How are you doing after this tough loss? I I don't view it as a loss. I I view I view it as a building process and a lot of things that we learned tonight and everything uh, that I would say about that uh, that situation that game would be positive. Do hmm. you think everything you would uh, say about the Vikings game tonight would be positive? Everything except one guy, Xavier Rhodes. He's he had a he. Stunk, but other than that, everyone was good. The uh, Kirk looked great. He looked great. He wasn't just okay. He was he, that wasn't on him. And the reality is, if we lose, uh, if we win that game, we still have to beat the Packers to win the division. You know, so uh, if we don't, if we if we win that game, we still have to beat the Packers too. So, what are you going to say? Uh, Randy, uh, have you had a couple drinks tonight? No, well, the bar that I watch at, we do uh, uh, touchdown shots, and uh, uh, we had some touchdowns, as you know. Uh, even defensive touchdowns are worth a shot, and um, and we supplement it, of course, with our own shots, but the the, the we scored 30 points tonight. I'm not sure if you guys are aware of that. A lot of people trying to rip Stefanski. Uh uh-uh. uh, he he did a great job. Okay, Kevin. The one thing I would say is you need to roll Kirk out a little bit more. Let him let him fly. Let him get out there and spread his wings. And Kirk, when you're out there in the sky, you see it all. That's what happens. You roll him out, he can see it all, and that's what you need to do. But I, I I'm working on my stable. I I don't do studs after a win, but I but I'm working on it. And and the number one thing I would say, guys, is uh, just run the table. Run the table, you win the division. You control your own destiny. Zim, you got to roll them out, mm. and you got to bench Rhodes. Skull. Randy he just makes the point that the bar he goes to allows them to bring their own shots to supplement aside from the touchdown shots? I don't think that's legal. I don't either. I think when you roll in with a bottle of something to include your own shots, I think you've probably crossed the line. Or is he saying that they just buy separate shots? That, that would they be just legal. Buy... That would be legal. I hope he's not driving, but that would be legal. Hmm. Randy and Cottage Grove. Should we try the poor guy tonight, again whose phone was... Uh... Yeah, yeah. Let's go back to uh, Cole in Austin, Texas. You're on Vikings Vent Line, Cole. Hey, can you all hear me this time? Yes, That's indeed. way better. Yep, fire Cole. away, man. Thank you. All right. Good deal. Good deal. Um, I, I have a couple points here. Um, first of all, Judd, I feel like I've had enough stiff drinks for the both of us, but for whatever, for whatever reason, usually so, you usually sober me up. Um, <laughs> but I, have a, I have a couple points here, though. Like wait, 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 wait. What have you, uh, you been drinking tonight? What kind of stiff drinks have you been pouring tonight? Specifically, if you're asking, Crown Royale Vanilla and Coca-Cola Ooh. is my drink of choice tonight. Nice little wintertime nice. special. Nice. Feeling no pain, I bet. Yeah. 
It tastes good. No, you're right. I'm feeling no pain. Even after a loss, I'm feeling no, <laughs> no pain at all. You're very happy. Okay, go ahead. Yes, sir. Okay, so I want to counteract a couple of y'all's points. Uh, first of all, maybe we were supposed to lose tonight, but it was close. You know, they came down to the last two drives. We were, we were close. Uh, even that last call there, they didn't want to show the replay, but we were we were right there on that last fumble, and it, it was close with 15 seconds. Um, and I'm going to disagree w- with you a bit here, Judd. I feel like we're a different team than when we played with Green Bay and Kansas City. You know, I've been listening to y'all all week. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, Kurt, uh, you know, he, he turned a few corners this, you know, the past uh, few games. And after he turned those corners, they, I feel like it made us a bit of a different team. You know, so even though we we lost tonight, I, I agree with Phil a bit. You know, it's it's um, I'm disappointed in the loss. Obviously, I wanted to win, but I'm not disparaged by the loss. I still feel like we can come back and win some big games with that loss. We were we were in it that much, um, but there are some there are a few a couple more points, a few things I want to say though. Um, I'm disappointed that we couldn't defend against the run. I feel like we spent two weeks with a bye defending against Russell Wilson, and they didn't give us Russell Wilson tonight. You know, he didn't win them the game. I feel like they just rained it down for us tonight, and it killed us all night. Number two, I know a lot of people tonight have been talking about uh, Xavier Rhodes, and no, he's not elite anymore. You know, it's not uh, Rhodes closed anymore, but he's serviceable. You know, they 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 threw it to him a few times, and they hit him every time they, they threw it to him, um, and that, that's unfortunate, but... It's not like they were throwing it his way every night. You know, he, he covered his guy, you know, a few, you know, when, when he needed to or a few times a night. Um, but, and he forced that, that, that fumble as well, you know, which is obviously something that we like to see as Vikings fans. You know, he's been, he's been, been with us for a while. Um, again, he, he's not elite, but I believe he's still serviceable. And so all the people who are kind of upset with Zimmer for staying with him, I kind of want to push back on that a little bit because I feel like he is still serviceable even though he's not elite anymore. And that's all the points I wanted to cool. make. Cool. Cole, thank you for calling. Thank we appreciate Cole. it. And uh, pour one more before bedtime here after, after a tough I, loss. I was sort of with Cole till that last uh, take. Ser- serviceable might be kind. I don't think he is. I, I, I honestly think he just plays too much. I don't think he, he's being asked to do what he used to be able to do and he just can't now. And I... Serviceable's being kind. I mean, that was he's, ugly. Yeah, he's not good. He's not good. Yeah, there's not. He's not good. There's. He's not good. And the it, but, it'd be one thing if you just got burned all the time. But then when you also lead the NFL in defensive yeah. penalties, it's just doubling and down on you not to, being good. To Cole's point, I'm not saying that this is the same team that lost in Week Two at Green Bay. What I'm saying is, get one. I, I don't care what the team is. Get a victory in that time frame, or get two. Okay, because mm-hmm. the team that lost in Green Bay, Cousins, right now, different quarterback. But that didn't stop you from from rallying from 21 points down and getting that win, right? Or the Kansas City win. Mm-hmm. Get that one. Mm-hmm. If you've got two of those wins now, if you've got Dallas and, let's say, KC, and to your game, Chicago, this is a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Completely different. And, yes, in retrospect now, the loss to Chicago looks worse and worse because Chicago, We at least in Week 4, we thought Chicago was a competitive good team. And they're mediocre at best. Yeah. Um, yeah. This has been uh, this has been a great Vikings vent line session. We've had a ton of great I feel calls. Like it's been positive compared to what the outcome was. Yeah, Don't I think. You? But I think if 
you know, the fact that they fought back in that game and Kirk Cousins showed you something in that yeah. game. I think, the, you know, obviously it doesn't feel great, but I don't think like if they would have gotten a run out of the you know, 38 to 10 or something, you feel like the season's just it's just a inevitability. Mm-hmm. But because they've stood toe to toe in that ring, it just it, it makes you feel like, all right, these next four games, go win these next four games, go beat the Packers. And real quick, just a quick uh, mention, because uh, we just set a new video streaming high for Vikings Ventline this season. For tonight? Not super shocking. It was a super intense, fun, awesome game. It's because of my looks. And uh, it's mostly because of Judd's hair. It's because of, of my hair and my <clears throat> Belichick hoodie. Uh-oh. Judd's going Belichick on it. It's up. So, else to say. Thank you to everyone who's listening, but also thank you to those of you viewers on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch who helped us set a new season high. Give them a little PJ foot thumbs up for uh, streaming there. And uh, you get to see uh, get to see a couple beautiful radio faces, Mackie and Judd, <laughs> which you can find our afternoon show, Mackie and Judd with Rami, 4 to 6 p.m. on Score North and the Score North app, Mondays through Fridays. We also have a daily uh, Viking show in the afternoons from 2 to 4 called Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, and Alex Boone. Our regular contributors on that show, as well as Courtney Cronin. Uh, there is a new take on sports in the Twin Cities. We are Score North, and we thank you for listening and for watching. And we still have full phone lines here, so as soon as someone makes their point and drops off, 651-646-8255. Let's go to Jim in Virginia. I hear there's a ton of Vikings fans in Virginia, Jim. Is that true? That is correct. Right on. Well, How what, you doing, what, Jim? Did, what did you see tonight? Uh, more disappointment. I'm just frustrated with the team. But, I mean, at the, at the same time, ref, the referees are just destroying me. Like, I still don't understand how the Cousins INT is not pass interference. He was tackling him. He was not going for the ball. And then he ends up with the ball, and, that's an, and apparently that's an INT. And so I know all the, the turnovers are reviewed, and it can't be challenged, but I don't know why that was not a bigger discussion. Because he clearly hit him before he got the ball, and he was not going for the interception. Yeah, that's so, so. My my first look at it, I told Judd right when it happened. I said, I think that's pass interference. But then I saw it again a couple times, and it was it's very bang bang. And if it's bang bang like that, and the guy winds up intercepting the football, they usually you know they Let usually credit him for going for the ball. So I wasn't super offended by that one, I guess. I agree with you with that. If he would have turned his head at all towards the ball, but it, the whole time he is facing Diggs and goes directly for Diggs to try to knock him out of bounds, um, but. Really, my biggest frustration with the game tonight was two different things. Our offensive line looked absolutely horrible tonight. Did not give Cousins enough time, even though he looked wonderful tonight with the pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's performed much better throughout the year with pressure in his face. He doesn't look scared back there anymore. And then the other thing, my son is just furious that we have no idea how the Seattle offensive line had no holding calls throughout the whole night. You know what, gentlemen? It looked to me like a game where somebody might have got to the officiating crew or something. Like I, I gotta be honest about this. As, as a football fan, I was thrilled by the lack of flags. Yeah, but it was a real lack of penalty flags. It was, in fact, it, it was. It was. It was almost odd. But I'm not going to complain because I have been complaining all year long about the about the amount of penalties called per game. Four total penalties in that game. Yeah, it's almost like somebody got to somebody, isn't it? Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't come away from that game. I I don't think there are any blatant egregious missed penalties or terrible calls. I mean, there's a couple terrible, like the 
the DK Metcalf and there's holding fumble was and a there's bad holding constantly, call. but when they call it, it makes the game unwatchable. Yeah, like okay, that was one of the most fun. This is actually uh, this is something that the NFL should take note of. Could they have called more than four penalties in that game? Absolutely. Could they have probably called fifteen penalties in that game? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Have they have they played a, Have there been similar games in the in the league this year where crews have called eight or ten more penalties than this crew called tonight? Yes. Mm-hmm. And wasn't that fun? It you was. got to it watch free flowing back and forth football. Watch. The players decided it. Yep. You know, obviously, yeah, you could have nitpicked, but I never come away from a football game thinking, man, I really could have gone for three more holding calls. Yeah, what are we, exactly. yeah, really, man, a couple defensive holding calls would have really made that game more fun to watch in the third quarter. Like, I've those, never come away saying that. Those jerseys being stretched? I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to complain about it. Let's go to Garrett in Roslyn, South Dakota. What's up, Garrett? How's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Fire away. Yeah, I just got a couple things. Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, Kirk Cousins did play really well tonight. I mean, just the last two weeks coming back from big differentials. Um, one thing I just want to say is, you know, offensive line didn't play well. They were a little bit beat up. Uh, Delton Cook goes out with an injury. I mean, hopefully, like, once everyone gets back healthy and stuff, we can get things rolling again. But I just want to say, I don't think it's just Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't think the defense in general is as good as they used to be. I mean, everyone's a little bit older, a little bit slower. And lastly, the last thing I want to say is I've seen it now for three weeks in a row on special teams on a punt. A team will bring in their gunner from the outside and leave our outside man wide open, and nothing happens. And I don't know if I'm the only one that sees that or, you know, maybe if the coaches aren't seeing that or if there's just a reason for that, but I just think it's really frustrating and we got a guy way on the outside standing wide open yeah. and just needs five yards to get a first down, and we punted. I wondered that exact same thing. We talked about that. He threw his hand in the air. Yeah. And, yeah, you we know, saw that. You know, Seattle Seattle saw an opportunity to pull a grapefruit fake punt. Just amazing to pull the trigger on that in that moment when punting is just the automatic decision. And they said, no, we see this. We've been studying this on film. This is our green light. But if you're the Vikings... And you've got a gunner on the outside, and I would assume mistakenly Seattle is not covering that gunner, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to take a couple seconds for someone to run out and cover that gunner. Don't you? Don't you have something? Don't you, I mean? Am I just? Am I just being like armchair quarterback guy by saying why don't you snap the ball and just throw a quick bubble screen to that to that gunner? Do you not trust your punter to do it. I don't know because he was he like the, was standing there wide open. There was no one around him. Yeah, I mean, I would think that you should. You should green light your punter in that situation and maybe even practice. Say, hey, there's going to be two or three times this season where they forget to cover a gunner right away or they just get kind of confused and they don't they don't send someone out right away. Right. Let's be ready to pounce on it. But that's also me like playing football video games and just like never having actually coached. Hey, so uh, update on Dalvin Cook here. Chad Graff of The Athletic tweets that it was, while originally termed a shoulder injury, it's actually his chest, and he suffered this injury two weeks ago against the Broncos and re-aggravated it tonight. Okay. He said, quote, it's a weird injury that I've that I've got. It's kind of like when I land in an awkward spot, it hurts. So I kind of try to land to where it doesn't hurt. Tom Pellicero tweeted, it is a clavicle injury. Nothing broken, um, but it is some kind of an SC joint sprain, clavicle, shoulder okay, so situation. It's not, okay, okay. That uh, is just painful and sore for him. So can't imagine he's got to be running playing. back with a clavicle problem. That they would need be, him. That would be uncomfortable. Let's see here. Who's been holding the longest? 
We've been going for an hour here. Commercial free on Vikings Vent Line. Mackie, Judd, and you guys and your phone calls after a Vikings 37-30 to loss. Their comeback effort came up just short. Scott in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Scott. Hey, Mackie, Judd. Thanks for taking my call. I just got a couple things. One about the offense and then one, one about Kirk Cousins specifically. Okay. Um, as far as the offense goes on what would be Kirk's last drive, on third and four, I believe it was, or third and three, we target Treadwell, which doesn't work, and then on fourth and three, we target Irv. It just is almost inexcusable when you have threats like Kyle Rudolph, who started heating up late in the second half, as well as, you know, you have digs, you have running backs that can run short, shallow crosses across the middle. It just seems like those two targets at that point in the game I just don't know how those became the reads for Kirk. Thank um, you. For, and then as, oh, yeah, go ahead. Continue. Sorry. And then as far as my point on Kirk goes, is this isn't an overreaction tonight. I think Kirk's played pretty well all season. I think he played okay tonight. He played, hopefully, if the defense wasn't as bad as it was, enough to win. But my thing with Kirk is, are you confident if we give him, say, an extension of another three years with the CBA going up, $100 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Are you confident that you get this every year going forward? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if next year came around and it's 8-8 eight and eight Kirk all over again. I, I, at some point, I kind of just want to, you know, we're either playing for we hope we get it or we go get a guy that goes, we got a good chance to get it. You know, the Chiefs with Alex Smith at one point, they were fine. They weren't the the world beaters of the league, but they could compete. Uh, and they said that wasn't good enough. And then they went and got Mahomes. And I, I kind of wonder if that's the ta- the stance that the Vikings need to take going forward. Thank you, Scott. That's the ideal for sure. Uh, if you, I, I think, if you team Cousins with the right play callers and, and people that run an offense that he's comfortable with, he can be successful. Where Scott's got a good point. And where I do think that there is going to be probably a temptation possibly to not sign Kirk to an extension, but this comes back to can you find the guy, is if you can find, if you can draft a quarterback and get that guy to play, guess mm-hmm. what? You're in salary cap heaven, right? Absolutely. So, so the question then, so the question to what Scott is saying is, do you, after next year or actually probably this upcoming um, summer, do you look at Kirk and say, Kirk, we'd like to sign you for three more years because that's going to be at, what, 32 mil per year, 33 mil, and tie up that cap room? And so, yes, the ideal world in this league right now is draft a quarterback, develop him, and pay him for five years. Here's the problem. I mean, it's like obviously on paper, you know, Kirk Cousins is one of the top. 15 to 16 quarterbacks in the world. He is. Now, he makes a ton of money relative to the salary cap, and so if you're taking Kirk Cousins or if you could get Lamar Jackson for less money, like, mm-hmm. obviously you'd rather have Lamar Jackson for less money or Pat Mahomes for less money. Yep. Like, that's a no-brainer. And the problem is those aren't the only two things in the equation. There's this door number three, and it's called the Mitch Trubisky door or the Jameis Winston door well, or the Marcus Mariota door. Do, do, you tr- do you trust the people currently running this team? The Christian Pondered. To find door. that young quarterback. And uh, and I don't know, I think because I think they found it in Teddy, and they just got unlucky. And, yep. now we're, and that's going to play out organically because Teddy's going to go sign somewhere for like $20 million, and he's going to try and take a stab at being a franchise quarterback again. But... Um, if if it was as simple as oh just like 
just be done with Cousins after a couple of years so that you can save $20 million and go draft Lamar Jackson version 2.0. Obviously, that'd be amazing. But the risk you run is having to go back to the drawing board again and again and being quarterback purgatory again and again like the Bears and the Browns and the Vikings were for about 10 years there between Dante Culpepper and, uh, well, Brett Favre for a minute. But, yeah, it's a right now, Kirk Cousins, he's fine. He's In fact, he's playing out of his mind relative to most quarterbacks in the NFL the last eight weeks. And you would take this even for the money that he's being paid. Like, you would take this for the $28 million. Kirk Cousins is not anywhere close to your problem right now. Correct. He's not your problem. Agree with that. Two months ago, he was part of the problem. That yes. Chicago game, he was part of the problem. Four games. Yep. The first four games, he disappointed. Let's go to uh, Monty and St. Paul. You're on Vikings Vent Line with Mackie and Judd. Yes. How you guys doing? First time caller. How Dude, you doing? Thanks, thanks for calling. We've had a bunch of first time callers tonight, and uh, and we love having yeah. first time callers. We appreciate it. Yeah, and I told my I told my girlfriend to go downstairs because she was talking loud. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I just want to make yeah, this is my first time calling. And make sure everything's good. But I just have two points I want to make. Um, first thing is uh, Xavier Rhodes, and this is why I think that he knows that he's not good anymore, because when you're looking for help, at one point. He, I never seen him look for help. He was, he knows that he's one on one, and he knows it's all on him. But to go back and look for help, and to think that you had help behind there, to me that tells me that you don't think you, that you got it anymore. Two, do you guys think? And this is where I really want you guys to answer this right here. Judd Zolgad, we are an hour and a half yes, into yes, Vikings. Phil and Mackey. Vikings vent line. Yeah, Phil and Mackey have Two made of my some favorite great hosts points tonight. tonight. Phil great and Mackey. Just a great tandem on Vikings vent line. Really, really and the third wheel, Judd Zolgad. Really outstanding. I'm just glad I can sit here with both of you <laughs> and really enjoy your company. Just, uh, just genius takes. Vikings lose 37 to 30. Uh, they've got some work to do if they want to play home playoff games. I don't think they're in super jeopardy of. Not making the playoffs, Agreed. but they are Completely only one agreed. game up on the Rams in the loss column. But the Rams have a brutal schedule yep. in December, so I think the Vikings are still in the playoffs solidly. But they've got work to do if they want to play some home playoff games at U.S. Bank Stadium, and they're going to need some luck now, probably. Yep, they need the Packers to lose. They'll need some fortune to like the Bears or something. Uh, let's keep running through your phone calls here. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Vikings defense, Xavier Rhodes? What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins almost bringing the Vikings back, but ultimately coming up a little bit short there? The Vikings uh, losing 37-30. Dan from L.A., you're on the show. Hey, guys. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. I'm uh, tuning in. I actually tuned in. Uh, I watched the game with my dad over FaceTime because I'm out here in L.A., so nice. I watched the game early, left work a little early. My dad's 74 years old, lifelong Viking fan, and just continuously let down, so... <laughs> Obviously, Poor tonight guy. was a bit of a letdown, but, you know, he said, uh, hey, we got to tune in and listen to Randy call in from Cottage Grove. So we definitely called in and uh, or listened to that earlier tonight, so that was pretty fun. But 
I needed to talk to you guys a little bit here. You know, it's a little disappointing out here, lifelong Viking fan myself, to uh, to tune in and, and see a game like this. Now I know everybody's bagging on Xavier Rhodes for some of the plays that he made. He made some good plays out there. Uh, nothing compared to how bad D. Wayne Washington used to look lining up about 20 yards off the line of scrimmage 20 years ago. So Keep everything in front know, of you. Keep everything in front of you. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, nothing there. But I guess, uh, you know, obviously the, the pass interference call was a little bit disappointing there. Um, I was disappointed in that fourth down play call at the end of the game. Uh, looked a little weak to me. I guess the question that hasn't really been raised yet as I've been listening to the show tonight, though, is what's going on in the front office. Um, you know, when, when are we going to move on from Spielman here? I think this guy's had enough time. You know, we're giving Zimmer a chance. My dad thinks that they're going to go 10-6. and six. He, he was oh. pretty proud of the fact that he uh, predicted 11 out of 12 games so far this season as far as win-loss go, goes. But, um, you know, y- you have a winning record and you still are mediocre. You can't make it past the first round of the playoffs. When are we going to see a change in the front office? Dan, thank you for the phone call. Joe, where are you at with Rick Spielman? I don't think at this rate we are. Do you, Phil? I mean, no. I, I think at this rate we're going to see Zimmer and Spielman extended, actually. we I had said before, if they miss the playoffs, these guys are in big trouble. They're not going to now, I don't think. The, these last four games, the, the Vikings aren't bad. They just don't have, to me, the type of signature wins that really good teams have. But I think if the Vikings make the playoffs now... And maybe if they go one and out, it might change the dynamic. But I'm not positive of that. But I, if my advice would be this, I would not hold my breath for Rick to be fired. I don't think he's going to be. I mean, let's let's put some. And I'm things not into, clamoring for that either. By no, the way, let's put some things into perspective here. Okay, are they the Patriots? No. Are they the Seahawks? Even no. They're not one of the top tier teams in the NFL, but they are consistently really good, and they've popped up to 13 and three. NFC Championship game. Rick Spielman has uh, been a major influence in this organization for about 12 years or so. They've gone to two NFC Championship games. They've gone to the playoffs about every other year. And uh, they've only really had one or two train wreck seasons over that stretch. So I would just be really careful about jettisoning. Uh, jettisoning? Yep. Jettisoning? Jettisoning. Say that's, that's a great, it's a great word. It's a fantastic word. Jettisoning. See you later. A general manager and or a head coach that oversee a consistently good team. I need to know exactly what I'm getting in return. Now, if you're telling me that I'm going to get, you know, the second coming of Bill Belichick or Sean McVay or something right. like that, all right, it's then, like then the I'll QB listen thing. to it. It's like the QB exactly. thing. If, if I could guarantee you tomorrow that you're going to draft a young QB and he's going to uh, outplay Cousins, then guess what? It's fantastic. Yeah. The thing that the Wilfs like about this team, and they're not wrong here, is, like it or not, this franchise is to your point, really stable right now. It's really stable. It's not a dumpster fire. We don't have, on a regular basis, players being arrested during off weeks, right? It happens. It does occur, but it's few and far between now. And it used to be commonplace. And these guys have done a good job. Now, the last time I thought that they were in trouble was after the loss in Chicago. I said, if this continues, they are probably gone. But since then... This team's had success, and tonight, this is not what any of us expected or wanted from a team that we saw as or perceived as a Super Bowl contender, but I don't think that that failure is enough to get people fired in mass. Yeah, yeah, this is like, we, we fall victim to this in sports so much, which is, okay, The here's the bar, Super Bowl, they come short of a of a really high bar, 
And instead of there being some sort of middle ground of, okay, disappointing that they didn't meet the goal, but right. you know, let's, it's still a pretty good season or still a pretty good run. It's just fire, fire, fire. Now, if you're the Cleveland Browns and your goal was don't train wreck and you're train wrecking, okay, Freddie Kitchens, you're fired. Right. right? But he's just not good at his job. But if the Vikings finish 12 and 4 or 11 and 5 and they get beat in the playoffs, I'm not just. I need to know exactly what I'm getting if well, I'm going to start cutting loose the guys who architected that kind of a team. What gets you fired, too, is if Kirk Cousins stinks. If the Kirk Cousins we saw in week four in Chicago keeps up and continued, 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 I think you'd call Rick in and say, Rick, that was awful. But he's played well. Yeah. Uh, 651-646-8255, although the lines are full right now as soon as uh, people make their points, you can jump in. You can also follow us on the live video stream on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook, all of those platforms at Score North. We also have an Instagram account at Score North. And if you want to follow either Judd Zolgad or myself on Twitter, uh, I'm also on Instagram at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad for him on Twitter. Mike from Ohio, you're on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for my call. Uh, greetings from Masson, Ohio, home of the Tigers. Very nice. Who are playing for their 25th state title and 900th victory this weekend. Wow, the Yankees of high school cool. football. Yeah, apparently. you guys wow. are dominating. Good God. Um, it's great being from Masson, of course, home of Rick and Chris Spielman. Um, it's awesome you guys are doing this together, by the way. It's nice to hear both you guys together doing vent line again. Um, we've got a few things for you guys, though. As a long time. Minnesota football fan. How disappointing weekend was this? <laughs> the Extremely. Fall apart against Wisconsin. Yep. The Vikings lose to, to the Seahawks. I, I, I don't know if you guys realize this, but um, between the two teams, only one they only have one win against the team with an above 500 record. It's really depressing when you think about it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just coming out with the the bad stuff. No, right get now. it out, man. We'll always have Penn State, <laughs> man. <laughs> we'll always have Penn State. <laughs> um, but moving on, cause it's, it's the Vikings vent line. So to talk about the Vikings, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed the four losses. Uh, one thing that stuck out is they have not played four quarters of good football. In fact, they played a quarter or a half of really bad football. And I think that's been a struggle all year. Even in the Denver game, they can't put four quarters together. And as a coach, I see that. It's very frustrating. I mean, the third quarter tonight was a debacle. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, the other thing that was really disappointing, I know we talked about the pass defense. Um, the D-line for the Vikings got their butts kicked. I mean, they gave up over 200 rushing yards. And I know it's a really good running team in the Seahawks, but you don't win many football games at any level when you give up that many rushing yards. And um, I want to leave you guys with two things to think about. You could talk about the 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 poor uh, run game, but I want you guys, what do you guys think about going for it on fourth and three with over two and a half minutes with all three timeouts and the two-minute warning? Of course, we didn't get that. I realize we got the turnover afterwards to luck out. And I also want you guys maybe to talk about, you know, what – what can be done to get four quarters of good football from our team, man? Yeah. So, Mike, thank you for hey, the phone call. We appreciate thank you calling you. in. I will say on the fourth down, I'm all about going for it in that spot, uh, especially especially when you can whiff on it and still stop them and they can kick a field goal and you're still in the game. Um, I just think, like, it's three yards. You're averaging – Vikings averaged, like, seven yards a play tonight. Go for it. They didn't get it, but it was the right move to go for it. 
Now, to his question about how they get four quarters of consistent play, boy, I mean, I don't think you get that. I don't think a lot of teams give you four quarters of consistent play, but you'd like to not fall down 20 to nothing but to the Broncos. You don't want that to happen. Yeah, and he's right. The uh, third quarter in this case, especially early in the third quarter with the Rhodes penalty that we talked about, the stupid penalty he took and the quick uh, fumble was a disaster. The third, okay, let's go to the third and three, though, because here's what I don't get. I don't get on third and three with with the um, with the play that eventually got to fourth and three and was the incomplete pass for Irv Smith. I don't understand how that ball ends up going to Treadwell. You've got, and I, I think a caller brought this up before, and I agree completely. You know, in that case, you've got Irv Smith, right? You've got Rudolph. You've got options there. I get the Treadwell caught the touchdown, and that's great. Good for him. But... Do I really want that pass? Do do I want Kirk to be because Kirk is going to throw two people out there? So I almost don't blame him because I know that. Do I want Laquan Treadwell to end up being the target of that throw on third and three? Absolutely not. Yeah, this just and this goes back to to and I, I used to to complain about this with Kirk, but I will now flip this on the coaching staff. You know that if you deploy personnel out there to Kirk, he's going to throw to that personnel. And that can include Laquan. And the touchdown pass to Laquan was great because it was, oh my gosh, he's wide open and he caught yeah. the ball. Um, but on third and three, there are, if you are going to insist on passing and not run on that down, there are better options, I think, of guys to throw to in coverage, a tight end, who I think have a better chance to catch that ball. Here's something, just you know, one more egg in the basket of this wasn't a train wreck when you start to take into context, Adam Thielen hasn't played. Adam Thielen's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He hasn't played in over a month. Mm-hmm. Which Riley Reef went out in the first half with a concussion, so your left tackle goes out. You know, these these things do, they factor in. And Dalvin Cook went out. Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's not, he's, and, and he, he wasn't even 100%. Pass, and he can catch passes. Too. Yep. Um, let's see here. We we have time for one more call on Vikings. We're going to call on a night after that? Well, here's the conundrum. Well, what's the conundrum? Should we keep, you want to keep, how, 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 are you guys good to stay for a little while longer? I'm wide awake. Let's do this, Declan. On air production meeting. Delete those, uh, <laughs> delete some of that's like the, the resync there and the, uh, the, the hard, uh, into ESPN that sends us back into ESPN there. Just get rid of that. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do this. Let's take, uh, I don't know, let's take a few more calls. 651 646 8255. Poor people need our support. Let's go to Kurt in Minneapolis. Hey, Kurt. Hey, Mackie. Hey, guys. Hey, Mackie, Judd. Uh, you know what? You make this experience, winning even and losing, so much more fun. Yeah, thank, thank you. For being Appreciate you, guys you, Kurt. You do a great job. We try. <laughs> you do a great job. Hey, a lot of great points tonight. You know, and aside from the analytics, you know, this was just, it does kind of sting. Yes, the kind of cliched we've, we've all had, we put this up as a loss, but it was. It was one of those games that, as a longtime Vikings fan, you, you, you think about the possibilities of winning. And the dichotomy, you come out in the first half and, it's you know seven zero seven seven, and then we get that defensive you know pick six, and I'm just longing for those you know victory endorphins to release themselves <laughs> at some point you know in the second or third quarter where you just you take over a game and you you kind of defy what the statistics would have shown, and it, it seemed like that that feeling you know where you're fourteen seven and they intercept it you mm-hmm. know and take it for a touchdown. 
And I'm watching this game at home, and I, you know, as soon as I shift gears in the second half and have to go pick up my my uh, you know high school boy at, down the street at, at school, I'm thinking, you know, simultaneously it was like the movie Fargo, you know, where things start to really go south in the winter. And I think when I was dragging the trash can out through the icy snow and clearing it off and get it out to the street, that they had you know, fumbled or things, the momentum had shifted. And I think simultaneously something was going on where as I kind of got out into the winter this afternoon, a second half to do some chores and pick up my kids, things simultaneously went south. And I'm listening to the game on the radio in the second half and listening to these things, you know, kind of go south. And I'm just like in Fargo, I'm pounding my winter dashboard in frustration, <laughs> you know, because things are going south. And I had promised my boy I'd pick him up at nine from work from high school and we'd watch the, the fourth quarter together, you know, yeah. and we get back here together and, you know, working our way down the slippery, slidey streets in our van, you know, just like in Fargo, as things were going south, you get back in and all of a sudden it's a game. It's the yin and the yang and the dichotomy and like a true Vikings fan, you know, there is a silver lining and a loss and I don't, I don't, I think Kurt, we're okay with Kurt Cousins. It just, Back to the analytics, it just feels like, man, you know, just a couple of tweaks and you're there. And this would have been a nice one to pull out in Winter Wonderland, Score North. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Thanks for being there, guys. You're the best. Kurt, thank you so much for the phone call. Let's do this. We have to we have to squeeze in one more quick break here. And then we've got we still have call. full phone lines. That was a great call. Kurt, yeah, Kurt just, I think, summed up how I a lot of people feels are good feeling now. this week. Uh, Kyle, Brady, Parker, Hamza. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Deep into the night, it's Mackie and Judd here on Vikings Ventline on the all new Score North and the Score North app. Also, video streaming on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Stick with us. Just a back in a couple. Well, these are the type of plays that historically have gone against the Vikings. The Minneapolis Miracle plays that are fluke plays that went against this team. I'm sure Vikings fans are saying it's about time we get one of these plays to go our way. Yeah, those damn plays that always go against the Vikings, like the Minneapolis Miracle. How could Stefan Diggs be so wide open on that play? (laughs) I just don't understand it. Oh, booger. All right. Segment three here. Bonus segment of Vikings Vent Line. As we take your phone calls, my tablet's dead. Phone's about to die. But uh, we're here for you late into the night. It's Mackie and Judd here on Vikings Vent Line. Score North and the Score North app, and you can find a podcast edition of Ventline and also the five-day-a-week edition of the show, too, on the Score North app, also on Apple or Spotify. The Score North app is free to download anywhere you find apps. Go to the Google Play Store on your Android device. Go to the uh, the Apple uh, App Store. It's very very easy. Just search Score North, S-K-O-R North. If you want to listen to us live, if you want to listen to our podcast, and if you want to read articles from Matthew Collard, Judd Zilgad, Danny Cunningham, Derek Wetmore, uh, Etc. We have one open phone line right now, so grab it. 651-646-8255. Judd, let's go to Kyle in South Carolina. You're on Ventline. Vikings lose 37-30. Kyle, what are your thoughts? So I think the biggest part of tonight is narratives. Like, I think the biggest thing about the Vikings this season and this game is how we are, like, looked at in the NFL. Because the Seahawks have the same game with the 49ers, back and forth. But that's two big dogs going at it. We are just sitting ducks for the, the, 
the Seahawks to beat us. And then Kirk Cousins, the narrative that he's 0-8 on Monday Night Football. But he didn't have his best receiver. He didn't have his best running back. He didn't have his best left, left tackle. We're throwing to uh, B.C. Johnson, who just didn't want to catch today. I like B.C., but he didn't want to catch today. <laughs> um, Diggs, a lot of trouble doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to look at it as, oh, but if this is another team, this is like, oh, my God. Could you imagine, um, could you imagine uh, the Saints without Michael Thomas? Like, what are we talking about? Like, we don't have our best receiver. We don't have our best weapons. But yet, all we talk about is how we can't get it done. Our offense is running at 65% right now. And this game, we was running at 35%. And Kirk was rolling out of the pocket, throwing it away, throwing weird passes to Kyle Rudolph that no one can catch with Kyle Rudolph. And this game was close. We gave them 14 points. We had the, the craziest pick I've ever seen, honestly. And then um, Cook gets injured and fumbles it. So we gifted them 14 points, and and we're, we win the game. We don't we take away those two turnovers, we win the game. Yeah, it's Kyle, all, I feel like, these are yeah. these are great points, man. Thank you for the phone call. And Adam Thielen being out is it is it is you know it. We have to bring it up more than we probably have. The fact that the Vikings are missing one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL, and they're still beating Dallas. Sure. They're still coming but back our, from down 20. But our, our problem in our conversation about tonight's game actually does not reside on the offensive side of the football. It, re- it resides on the defensive side, which was at one time, and yeah. cl- clearly not now, was supposed to be your strength. So if we were sitting here ripping the offense or Cousins, which I, I think would be wrong, be incorrect, then then the call makes perfect sense. And his points are good. But this does come down to what? What happened again tonight? You know, Xavier Rhodes had another bad game. Another bad game. If this was the beginning, if this is his first bad game, I'd say, okay, tough night. But it's not. Um, defensively, they got gashed by the run game. Shouldn't shouldn't occur. I do think, uh, to the point, and we've gotten a few calls on this, and it's correct, the offensive line, the offensive line is going to have games like this. It's not that good. It's not like they fixed it completely. Mm-hmm. Uh but I don't think that a lot of our conversation revolves around miscues or or uh, bad plays by the offense. I think it, re- it uh, revolves around plays by the defense that are worth talking about because last year, we didn't talk about them. They didn't happen. December 10th of last year, the Vikings went, went in and offensively laid a dud in the same place that they lost tonight. And Russell Wilson in that game had a career-low passer rating. He was terrible. I think it was like 17.6, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem now is, tonight, we basically watched the defense, and and they could not hold up their end of the bargain. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't really want to hear this thing about Mike Zimmer can't beat Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll. They had those guys beat in a home playoff game at TCF Bank Stadium, and Blair Walsh missed a kick. Yeah, like, well, so that's, I don't. So there's yeah. there's that to be because I've heard that thrown around too. They're like, oh, it's crap well, no, Blair like, no, Walsh, Blair Walsh missed, missed, missed wide. Yep. Let's go to True. Parker in Cincinnati. What's up, Parker? Guys, what's up? Thanks for my call. It's a crazy game. Like mm-hmm. I'm still like super jacked up from it. But I was in my college dorm room, going absolutely nuts, screaming at the top of my lungs. My RN knocks on the door. He's like, bro, chill out. I'm like, bro, you chill out. <laughs> what are you, Alex Boone Jr.? <laughs> you sound like What's Alex up? Boone. Bro, so you I chill was, out. No, you crazy. chill out. 
<laughs> I was crazy. But anyways, I mean, there's plenty of good we can take from this game, for sure. But, like, I want to start with the bad. I mean, you guys are talking about Xavier Rose. Love the guy, one of my favorite players. Rose used to be closed, remember? Like, shut down. Like, Rose closed. But the roads are wide open. I mean, like, honestly, there's not even any roads. It's just, like, wide open grass. It's the like, field. What has happened? It's crazy. And Stefan, bro, I love Stefan, one of my favorite players. But, bro, you talk about trade rumors. And it's like, you got to get your head in the game. He's dropping balls left and right. It's tough. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that my team went into Seattle and almost got that win. I love Kirk Cousins, or we're going to be winning the Super Bowl this year. High key, I'm feeling that. Wow, you're gonna you're going on the record, Parker. You're yeah, saying the Vikings are winning the Super Bowl. Fifty four. We're going to Miami. High key, dude. Parker, that's a lot of faith, Parker. You have a good night, bro. Yes, sir. Thanks for calling. All right, see ya. <laughs> that was a great call. I didn't see that call going there. Did you, <laughs> Alex Boone Jr. Right there. He was that's awesome. Let's go to Hamza in Minneapolis. Hey, Hamza, you're on Vikings hey. Line. Hey, Phil. Hey, how you guys doing? First of all, let me just say this. I'm a huge fan of you guys. Score North, best station in in Minneapolis football. Dude, thank you. Um, yeah, you guys are the best. And I listen to you guys every single day, per day, the, you know, Score North Live, everything, man. You guys are awesome. Um, well, I got two points, actually. Let me say. Um, so the first point I have is I think one, like, area that the Vikings have been really struggling at that nobody has really noticed is the interior defensive line. Like, they've been absolutely horrible when it comes to getting pressure inside, like, interior. Like, Linval Joseph and Shamar Stephan. Like, they haven't been able to get to the quarterback. I don't think I've seen those guys get one sack the whole season. Like, they haven't just, like, they've been non-existent, you know? And what makes good football teams is having good interior pressures. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the 49ers, for example, the reason that they're so good is they can get to you inside in the middle. Mm -hmm. And the Vikings are really good on the edges. Like, Neil Hunter and Everson Griffin, I think they're having the best years of their careers, both of them. But that won't affect Russell Wilson because even if they get pressure, all he'll do is step inside. and, And the guys in the middle can't get no pressure, so... Linval, Joseph, and Shamar, Stephen, they've been non-existent this year. I mean, they're decent against the runs, and even this year they haven't been that good against like the run, like exactly like tonight. They haven't been able to stop the run that good. But interior, we cannot get pressure, and that's what was winning championships is getting pressure inside. Speaking of getting pressure inside, like the last team to win the last wild card team to win a Super Bowl was the New York Giants, and how did they win the Super Bowl was getting interior pressure into Tom Brady's face all night. You know, that's what made them good. That's how they won the Super Bowl. And the Vikings are going to be a wild card team this year. And if they want to go far, they have to get pressure in the middle. You know what I mean? And also, another point I have to make is special teams this year, special teams coverage has been horrible. Like, if you look at it, like, we've been so bad, like, returning kicks and also, like, defending, like, punts and kicks. Like, we've been really bad, like, that's another thing that I took away from the game. Like, we've been having fumbles on special team units a lot this year. Amir Abdullah had one against the Broncos. And then we also had C.J. Ham have one. Like, that's, like, really, like, important. Like, we got to, like, be good on special teams to win a Super Bowl or even get far into the playoffs. And I think Andre thing is Prefer. Prefer was a really good special teams coach, man. That guy, he would, like, even though he, like, kicking, he was not, like, when it comes to have getting good kickers and stuff, he wasn't good. But his special team units, they would, like, really tackle and, you know, 
they were really good like when it comes to that. But yeah, that's all I wanted to see and keep up the good work. I'm a big fan of you guys, Judd and Phil. You guys are the best, man. Keep up the good work. We're now, man. Hey, Hamza, thanks, thanks for calling, dude. We appreciate, appreciate it. A bunch of good points there. And uh, I think I, I mean I think he made a bunch of good points. Let's just keep taking phone calls here and uh, go to New Mexico, yeah, Albuquerque, where Lee is calling in from. Hey, Lee. Hey, what's up, Phil? What's happening, dude? Hey, I just came from from the casino. I lost five hundred bucks after. <laughs> Wait, where were you at? Did you did you uh, what, did you lose five hundred bucks on the tables, the slots? Yes, yes, blackjack. Oof. Uh, you got to go to Derek Wetmore's cou- uh, card counting school at some point. Help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all. I mean it's all good because you know what? I have the money to spend, so that's that's a that's positive thing. So, oh well. <laughs> I've had a couple nights like that at the poker tables in my day. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you have the as long as you have the money to spend, you're good. I, I I've had it happen where I didn't have the money well, that's too. Not that's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. That. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. What are your Vikings thoughts, Lee? My Vikings thoughts. Is like okay, so the first quarter we had um, their the first drive. Okay, the first drive was slow. We got there, we got the touchdown. The the second drive until the half, it was slow methodical. But once we started ramping up the no huddle, we started moving the ball. Okay, so I expected the second half you should have been moving the ball, no huddle. You know what I mean? Like they should have been doing doing that since the second half, but they weren't. It's just like that's. I think that's what. Really killed them. They, sh- I, I honestly think they should have just been moving the ball, no huddle. The second half, they weren't. They're just like slow move, slow moving the ball, and it's like just killing the drives. And oh well. Yeah, I think it we- definitely worked against the the, the uh, Broncos because they went to they went to that what in the third quarter of that game, right? Yeah. They came out down twenty nothing and so, went to that. So and not sometimes a bad I think it helps Cousins too. I think. Yes, you know, like, can process quickly. Yeah, like when when they when they're trailing in games mm-hmm. and and you sort of see like freewheeling Kirk, and you've seen this a bunch of times <laughs> in his Vikings Bob career, Dylan, yeah. and he's wonderful. And he, even you remember that that game against the Patriots where they came out, they got down by a couple scores, and they came out slinging in the no huddle and. That was uh, like the end last of the year, but before half. the game in Seattle last year. Yes. They played the Patriots in New England. Yeah. So there's something about no huddle and quick and just don't think that really helps Kirk Cousins. And I would say the early scripted drives are great for Cousins, and then getting into that tempo and that no huddle has been good for Kirk Cousins. But I don't know if it would have mattered tonight with how bad your defense got gashed. My computer died, but I did pull up. I'll pull it up in detail tomorrow, but... Uh, this was only like the ninth time or the eighth time in Mike Zimmer's career as Vikings coach where they've given up 400 yards to the other team's offense. Yep. Um, it was, I believe, the fifth or sixth most yards of Mike Zimmer defense, a head coach Mike Zimmer defense. And you said the most was in the Rams up. game last year? Yeah, they gave up like 550 the to the Rams. Against the Rams last year? And, and almost won the game, too, by the way. it was. It was. It's kind of similar in that, that they were trailing. That was a good game, actually. He it played was. really well that night. Yep. Uh, Brady in North Dakota. You're on Ventline. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the show. It's been a great uh, show tonight. Um, two things, one for you, Phil, and one for Judd. Um, Phil, I want to give you credit because I feel like there's this tendency sometimes in the media that you, you kind of jump on a point, and then it's like the narrative that you'll continue to push, and you certainly were critical of Kirk. But um, credit to you, you certainly, when he's played well, admitted that he's played well. So, yeah. I don't know. I just appreciate you being able to call like you see it. So, thank you for that. No problem. Yeah, I mean, real quick, just I mean, you could make your point in a second here, but I think 
that happens a lot in this industry where like you get so married to wanting to be right. But what I think Kirk deserved all kinds of criticism in the first four weeks of the season. And I think Kirk has been wonderful in the last eight weeks of the season. And both of those things can be true. Yeah. Like the green Bay and the Chicago game, he certainly was um, terrible, Mm -hmm. but he has played better. So um, again, I just appreciate the fact that you certainly can call him out when he does bad, but you also stand up and give credit where credit is due. Judd had a point on the third down pass to Treadwell. I think, was it like third and three, that last third and three game? Yep. Yes, sir. So my question is, like in a play like that, from what it looked like, it was tipped, but yep. Treadwell was open. So, you know, I realized maybe Treadwell is not the guy you want to go to there, but let's see if everybody else was covered. Yep. Isn't it still the right read to go to the open guy? Yes, it is. My my point there, my point there is not faulting Kirk. My point there is is I would prefer to see that pass in that predicament go to a tight end. Mm-hmm. But he's going to throw if Treadwell's out there and, and he and he flashes open, guess what? Kirk is going to throw him the ball. Um I I would just pre- I would have preferred on third and three if you're going to throw for that to go to a tight end or if Cook could have played a guy like Cook. That's all I'm saying. Or, or even Diggs. Um yeah. and definitely agree with that, but yeah. I just I wanted to make sure on that is like in in a case like that if if you're short on the receiving corpse and, Yeah, uh, Kirk's not wrong. Be out there. If, yep. if if Treadwell had the good um route and he gets yep. open Okay, so we're still in agreement that, okay, if Treadwell's open guy, definitely go with the open guy there. And I'm not faulting Kirk for that. Correct. Okay. Well, guys, appreciate the show. Um, It's always great to dissect the game on Ventline, so thank you. Brady, thank you for the phone call, man. Good call, Brady. Thank you. We got uh, two more calls here, and then uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Vikings Ventline tomorrow at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Bright and early. Yes. Judge is going to sleep under the desk here. It's going to be great. You got a little rug down here. You got uh, a couch in the... Office. I'll give you the couch, Judd, if that's okay. Yeah, Declan, uh, there's room for two on that couch. There is. I'm a small guy. <sighs> Sometimes I like the big spoon, though, so just let me, I'm throwing that out there. Except don't, you have no teeth size now, so it's <laughs> scaring me, sort of. Uh, got that tooth knocked out. Well, if he's big spoon, you won't have to look at it. You'll just feel the air coming. There's nowhere positive this can go. <laughs> Nowhere positive this can go. Who's next on Ventline? Uh, how about Robert in Northeast? Hi, Robert. Thanks for saving the day. Hey, this is Robert. Good talk this to you, Robert. This is a little thing that was driving me crazy. Nobody set the edge ever. Everybody's trying to bang on Xavier Rhodes or whatever, but yep. like they could run at will. Yep. They got around the corner. And they could, like, go, and then, like, nobody would tackle them. Like, what? what's up with that? Can't you set the edge? I mean, it, it was an odd performance. Thanks, Robert. In that sense. He's right. I mean, it's a, it's a good point. We uh, should have been ready with this Football. one, too. Setting the edge. He's not wrong. By the way, like... Xavier, Xavier Rhodes deserves to be ripped. So, yes. I mean, you could, whether they set the edge or not, like, 
Xavier Rhodes was do you, terrible. Do you think they told him, because he struggled so much, Phil, do you think they told Rhodes during the bye week that they were going to try to get him more safety help or assistance? Because this is the first time I that I can recall him being beaten. He, he's melted down before. The meltdowns are not new. This is the first time that I can recall him, though, literally going to the safety and being like, you were supposed yeah. to help me. But here's I wonder the thing. if they told him they were going to try and get him. It's just, it's just weird now that we pivoted to that. But what bugs here's what bugs me. All right, let's let's go back to that play for a second. Okay. So Xavier Rhodes is playing. It certainly wasn't press coverage. Okay. So before the ball snapped, he's playing like eight or ten yards off the line of scrimmage. Definitely. And there's two safeties on the field. Mm-hmm. Anthony Harris is on the far end of the field. So yep. Anthony Harris is on is on the opposite end of the field. Playing where a safety would play, you know, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And he's on the opposite end of the field. Mm-hmm. So the, the safety that would be on Xavier Rhodes' help side was was Harrison Smith. Yep. Harrison Smith, when you when that ball was snapped, Harrison Smith, it wasn't like he snuck up late. Harrison Smith was standing next to the defensive end on the line of scrimmage. Which in he often front is. of Xavier Rhodes. Which he often is doing. So did Xavier so the question there would be because you saw them communicating after the play was over and like people were trying to tell Xavier Rhodes you were wrong. Did Xavier Rhodes think that Harrison Smith was behind him and not see Harrison Smith in front of him? And or did Harrison Smith not, you know, nudge him and say, hey, just to over communicate here, I'm going to be up here. You don't have me back here. But Harrison Smith so figure it out on your own. Continually moves. He does. That's not rare. I got a feeling, though, that between Xavier Rhodes and Harrison Smith on that play, I'm going to just go on a limb here and say that Harrison Smith probably didn't like forget to communicate it. No, of course not. You know, it's probably just. But I wonder if Mike had told Rhodes that we'll try and get get you more safety help or something. It just it, it was very weird that he almost was indignant about it. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, I still got beat. But it's difficult. I'm telling you, it's difficult to watch him try to play. He is hopping behind the receiver. We're not talking about speedy guys here. We're talking about some are speedy, some aren't. But but I watched it in the Denver game. And, Phil, it's literally every play that he tries to cover a guy, he tries to get a jam on if possible. Sometimes he can't. Tonight I don't think that he did on, on the play that we're discussing. And then he tries to keep up by hopping along. Yeah, he's just not It's the as same if guy. his right leg is not working. Yeah. Yeah, he, he ain't the same guy at all. Devin in Indianapolis, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Uh, thanks for taking my call, first-time caller. Right on. Thanks thank for you. calling in, man. Um, yeah, yeah, thank you. Listen to you guys' show a lot. I'm uh, you know, very disappointed. Um, I, I just don't know what's up with and what I call him is Cash Cousins. And uh, he, he throws a lot of those, those submarine balls where they just get away from him. And, uh, you know, open roads and trash wings. I mean, Zim's got to know that his job's on the line if he's going to continue to keep open roads in the game. I mean, he's done. <laughs> Is that his new name? Yeah. Instead yeah, of Xavier, open, open roads? roads. Yeah, I, I, I stole that from you guys. Yeah, I stole that from you guys. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> I like yeah, it yeah. as the name. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's awful. And, 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 and they got to do something on the corner. Uh, uh, and another thing I don't really like is, is, is Kyle Rudolph is uncoverable. He's got the sticky, icky, ickies. Yep. And all, all you got to do is just get him the ball. If they put a linebacker on him, he's too big. If they, if they put a safety on him, like, forget about it. He's uncoverable. All they have to do is try to get Kyle Rudolph the ball. 
So yeah, he's made some amazing one-handed catches yep. in the last few Man, weeks. He has zero he's speed, but he's an impossible cover at times. He's one of the greatest uh, tight ends playing right now. And the Vikings, I mean, luckily, the Patriots didn't get him. But if the Patriots would have got him, they would have showed you what you do with Kyle Rudolph. But uh, the Vikes got to do better, man. They just got to do better on defense. We got, we got unstoppable offense. If we can just, you know, Cash Cousins has got to be a little bit more accurate. He kills me with those, those balloon balls, those, those, those submarine balls that he throws that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't catch. <laughs> yep. Uh, Devin, this is a great, it's a great phone call. Keep calling the show. We appreciate it, man. Have a good night. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll take one more here from Titus in St. Paul. You get the final word on Vikings Ventline tonight, Titus. Go ahead, man. Yo, thank you. I appreciate it, guys. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're, uh, we're doing pretty well. We're ready to rock and roll again tomorrow here. Sweet. All right. So, honestly, I think that our past – obviously our past defense is an issue. But I just want to – what I want to bring to light is the how bad and awful the run defense was today. Like, all the runs were, like, for Carson were after contact. Did you guys notice that? Like, yeah. he was just pounding through us. Yes. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, we would hit him. I think, oh, he's got a two-yard game. Nope, it's an eight-yard game. Four or five, first yep. down. So, I'm like, here we go. So – I mean, that's I mean that's really all I want to talk about just to end it off here. But like I just think that's a really big issue right now. So it is. Now we got our run defense to worry about, and then we got our pass defense to worry about. So Zimmer's got to start cracking down on these guys. <laughs> yeah, dude. Thank you. I'm Titus. not sure you Appreciate can call. at this point in time. Can you? the The interior of the defensive line is is not near what it was last year. It's just not. And I don't know that you can crack down. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, you can't change I everything. I don't think you have the same horses you right. had, even though you do have a lot of the same horses. I mean, you've got to find ways around it. I get that. But we're talking about now run defense. Okay, that's a problem. Pass defense. Think about all. These are all things that when the season started, we never thought that, that we would get to this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just. You know, final uh, statistic of the show here to put a stamp on things. Tonight was the second most rush yards a Mike Zimmer Vikings defense has allowed since he arrived in 2014. Uh, 218 yards rushing. They also allowed around the same figure. I think it was like 216 yards last year to the Seahawks. And Deja vu, The man. caller's point. It's a great point. How, how many of the yards that we saw the Seahawks accumulate tonight came after contact? Yeah. Quite a few. Yep. It was... Uh, it was rough to watch defensively, and even with that, even and, and, and without Riley Reef for most of the game, and without Adam Thielen, who's been out for over a month, the Vikings still had the ball with a chance to win that game with three and a half left, and that's pretty impressive too. But uh, it was a fun football game. I'm not going to lie about it. It's one of the most it's fun a tough games, loss, but it's a fun football game. It's one of the most fun games of the Mike Zimmer regular season era. I think it's fair to say that. I'm it's, sure he didn't think so, but I agree completely. And most of the games on that list are losses. Like that game against the Rams, oh, the game against fun. the Packers was a tie last year. Uh, yeah, the game against, well, New Orleans would be on there. The Minneapolis Miracle, that's for sure a win that's on that list. Yeah. That'd be a fun, like the most fun Mike Zimmer games would be a fun list to come up with. So, all right, that's a wrap for us. Expanded edition of Vikings Ventline here, and we appreciate everyone who hang out with us, uh, who hung out with us deep into the night, whether you're watching on Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch. Or uh, later on, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate that, too. We have a YouTube channel. Go subscribe to it. That's Judd Zolgad. I'm Phil Mackey. Thank you to Declan Goff for staying up late with us, too. Phil and Mackey. 
Phil and Mackie. You should sign off Judd for is the third both wheel. Phil and Mackie. Yeah, Phil and Mackie had a great show they tonight. They were unbelievable. Boy, they were a great team. Give tandem. them some popcorn. Taking the Twin Cities by storm. The popcorn Give them hosts some- of the week. <laughs> yep, right. Phil and Mackie. Uh, find Vikings Vent Line on demand on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Judd will be back for Vent Line tomorrow morning, and then Mackie and Judd with Rami. Tomorrow afternoon, 4 to 6 o'clock. Don't forget about Purple Daily tomorrow as well. Alex Boone and Courtney Cronin will be joining the show. So that's a wrap for us. Have a good night. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, you are going to love Viator. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. And for me, Sun Valley skiing is huge on my bucket list. So I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom! Custom ski and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to our condo. Pretty unbelievable. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.